Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax. I am Podcast Poppy, and you are tuned into a brand new episode of Quarter Life Crisis, starting right now. space art he came on the podcast he's gonna come and paint my table on monday that's gonna be sick does yeah. he have is he just gonna get creative with it or yeah yeah i'm always like an I, idea I, I usually treat artists like i treat tattoos give him a general idea of something that i want just let him go i'm not a fucking artist not even close but so i like when the artist gets to be the artist okay are we set we're set let's see um, let me see if this mic is catching you little test test, 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 Cypress test. Test, test. Beautiful. Okay. Wonderful. When in doubt, speak closer into the mic. Okay. You know what I'm saying? All right, let's swing it, yeah? Yeah. Three, two, one, we're live? We're live. Cypress is on the podcast. Ah! Welcome <laughs> to your first podcast, huh? I'm so excited. You seem like you are a little excited about it. I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm very excited. I don't think I've I don't think I've had anyone so like <laughs> immediate like yo I'm your chick. <laughs> I'm down to get on the podcast. I saw that and I was like, "Oh yeah." Yeah, that's a good that's a good bio. <laughs> so is that's it this bio. is something that you've wanted to do for a while or just wanted to get on as a guest or are you trying to run your own or I'm Trying to run my own for sure. I love podcasts. I love the style of um just talking yeah. and being Are you like a get lost in conversation type chick? Like a rabbit holer? Definitely a rabbit holer. Yeah. For yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find myself doing that a lot. A lot. Especially like, what's your favorite rabbit hole? Is well, it like politics? Is it space? Aliens? Earth? I feel like they all just go together so, at yeah. some point, right? <laughs> they will literally, they will jump big time. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. It's definitely been hard not to get carried into the political rabbit holes lately. But yeah. I really like, yeah, I think that the... They got a big pull right now. Yeah. I mean, it's really the talk of the town at all times, yeah? It really is. And there's this very clear division happening with people. Yeah, it's like violent. Yeah. Do you think yeah. it's starting to slow down now that Biden's in office? No, I think it's... I think it's worse? Yeah. I think we're going to see some... Did you see that on February 14th, California and New York are going to start opening back up? No, I didn't. Yeah, like, I did not see that. like restaurants are going to be able to dine inside different things like that that's pretty exciting it is exciting it's a little funky the timing i think that's very strange that all of a sudden everyone's gung-ho to open up right after so many so much fear and so many people like i'm from uh i'm from the north bay or bay area and i have a lot of friends out there in california who've just been shut down and their businesses have folded there's places that i used to go to when i was a kid you know like barber shops and restaurants and things like that that just went under and it's crazy and now they're like yeah no it's all good right let's just open back up right the effect that it's had on small businesses and restaurants and wild yeah and even just what you were saying before um just about the social impact that it's had it's it's crazy yeah it's really crazy yeah i think the biggest uh 
you know, everyone had their like, uh, everyone has their opinions and I respect everyone's opinion because I think we walked into a situation that none of us, nobody was really ready for, like to react properly. I think there's obviously things that we could have done better. Hindsight is always 2020. Um, but one thing that scared me was like, you know, like a vast majority of the people that were affected were like middle class, you know, you know, um, Absolutely. upper middle, middle and lower middle for sure. And then, you know, essential workers and things like that. And man, when you're cooped up in the house or you have financial stress or there's a pandemic outside or you're spending more time with your family or you have to take care of your kid full time, like I feel like mental health and physical health should have been on the forefront way more than they were. You know, like just this last year, like, fuck, I've had some moments where my mental health just crashed sitting in the house, cooped the fuck up. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think it reminded a lot of people of the importance of mental health yeah. and physical health and Hell what yeah. that, you know, just, yeah, how they go together and you need to be moving and interacting and connecting and yeah. all of those things are so important to how you function as a whole. Yeah. It seemed like some people like, I'm sure there was some beautiful reflection. Like I'm sure some people uh, truly did flourish. We're able to kind of slow their life down kind of right. look back internally, you know, take a step outside the box, see it from a bird's eye view and then, uh, and then strive farther. But I think there's also a lot of people who probably had some serious either mental health or just whatever their, whatever the case was, anxiety or anything like that. And then the world slowed down and there wasn't any distractions, you know, exactly. the people that are like nine to five, got a kid, starting a business, going to school, you know, those hustlers out there. It's like, I've had a couple people, myself included. How has how has COVID affected you? You know, it's weird because 2020 was just a intense year. Fuck yeah, it was intense. Even without you know the the pandemic and just all the changes, yeah. like just felt like life, a Hollywood script. You know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Just life the way it the way it goes, and then you you factor in just you know something that none of us have been through to that to that degree. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, like, did your day-to-day life change? No, it really didn't. No? It really didn't. I think that I became more aware of some of the things I already knew and a lot of, you know, yeah, things became more clear. But I've always kind of just, I've valued that time, right, that, right. you know, that alone time, but also that. Um, so do you, do you, do you kind of thrive sometimes in isolation? I do, yeah. I right. think it's that self-reflective period for me that right. is really beneficial. Mm-hmm. But, um. I also think, you know, my generation is so consumed in the, you know, in their phones and the persona that they're able to oh, yeah. keep up with online. Right, t- t- 23, right? I'm 21. 21. I just realized that my, my Bumble says 23. Cool. I didn't we got liars on the podcast. <laughs> so it's official. First fun fact, I've been catfished. So you just turned 2-1. Yes. So that means you graduated high school when? I graduated in 2017. So you got into high school in 2014? Yes. So you were in junior high in 2012? Yes. That is fucking crazy. Like, you are a generation who went through middle school and high school with a smartphone. Yes. That's a wild, drastic, like, violent difference. Like, I was rocking a razor in fucking high school and, like, a Blackberry in college. Um but that is, like you said, you know, people are very consumed yeah, and they get trained at a very young age. Exactly. And you that's know? what happened. It was like, you can be this person that, 
you know, the best version of yourself. And only, only now am I realizing that that's what it is, but, you know, being so young and having just information and, you know, um, just engagement like that at your fingertips yeah. can be really, if you don't know how to balance it, it can turn into definitely an addiction. I think we see that so much. Right? Oh, it's, it's, it's huge. I think of myself, I'm addicted 100%. Yeah. I've probably looked at my phone four times since this fucking podcast started. Exactly. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it is. And like this right here. My mother would have smacked me in the fucking mouth back in the day, but just phones are on the table. table, It's very, it's very like, it's not disrespectful in any way, shape or form now these days. It's pretty crazy. Right. It's almost like you feel like you're missing something if it's not right there. Right. Right. It's, it's definitely. Yeah. The iPhone is my, is my, uh, always my stoner cyborg talk. Like, uh, like I believe that human beings already are like, if you have a cell phone, you're a type of like cyborg. Is that a weird thing to say? Yeah, no, here we go. I, You're like I've never I've never heard that, but that's <laughs> you right Okay, so this is my reasoning. All right, you ready? So like when you think of cyborg, you think of like movies that have like a like a robot arm or something like that, right? Or like there's something like their brain is pretty much like a computer and they're very quick. Like right. that's what you would think of your normal cyborg, right? So I just think of it as a, a like a change in, in bandwidth. Like technically, for the most part, I would say a vast majority of information, pretty much any information that you want to find out, if you work hard enough, you can find it on that phone. Absolutely. Right. So I think that it's truly just bandwidth. Like if you're holding a cell phone, you are technically a type of cyborg, but our fingers is a much smaller bandwidth than if it was like connected to our mind or or, our conscience or something like that, where we could find information much faster. But technically, like if you took the SIM card out and put it in your head, you could just search way, way faster. Right. In a sense. But right now we just search slower because of the bandwidth. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I think there's a piece of it where you're almost kind of like a cyborg where you can detach from that robotic aspect, but you really have almost everything at your fingertips. It's just how fast can you find it? Right. That's very true. And it's interesting because where, where do we go with that? You know, like yeah. what's the next step in that? And I think you've been seeing Elon Musk. Oh yeah. He's been fucking with some weird shit. Oh yeah. He's, he's been on some weird shit. He's very, I think he does it from the goodness of his heart. I do too. I think his intention is not as, malicious as it's you know made out to be I, I, and that's the hard part it's like i have this don't mind me i'm just gonna show this thing <laughs> okay, cool. i have this um i i just feel like you know we need to go back to our roots like we've come right. so far from you know who we are as um as just human beings mm-hmm. but then it's like well is this part of our evolution this surge in technology and this you know these advancements that we're right. seeing like is this just part of where we go like is transhumanism next for us is it almost like a different like we've created something that has its own evolution because like you said like back to our roots that was a big reason on why we you know evolved was the innovations that we had you know like the the growth that we had the adversities that we went through the the earth changing, like, you know, and our geographical location changing and things like that. But now, like, it almost seems like technology is like, it's its its own separate being, like evolving. And it's almost, it almost seems like it's making us go backwards in the evolutionary chart, right? Like we're weaker, right? We're slower. We're, and I'm not saying like in a grand scheme, but like we can be, you know, like if, like like industrial, right? Like we have, you know, like all the factories that are run by, partial human being partial tech used to be all human being you know there used to be a little more grit there used to be a little more all of that stuff you know what i mean it it scares me that it might make us might be the end of humans yeah 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I bet you, I bet you if you went back 2,000 years, even though we have all these unbelievable athletes and different things like that, I bet you the human being was much, much healthier. Oh, I agree. You know I what I mean? I totally agree with that. 100%. And, and like independent and, and self-sufficient and like, sh- my guess would be stronger, you yeah. know, more durable. Like you said, healthier. You yeah. know, all around there's just this mental, and I think health really is wealth. So when you look at, when you look at it that way and you see just the numbers as far as like suicide mm-hmm. rates go and depression and you just, it's crazy. People are, and I don't think, I think that our world has, is way more stressful than it ever was supposed to be right and as convenient as it seems is it really because you know we're not adapt to deal with the stressors of life the way that we should be why do you think it's more stressful now well i think that um i think that the technology has a lot to do with it because there's this there's this pressure to keep up and to be no continue i'm so sorry no you're fine um Let's see. Why is it more stressful? I'll go and you piggyback off me. Okay. I think because we have access to everyone else's stresses. Mm, Yeah. Right? We get a far from understanding, but we have a peephole of other people's stresses, other people's trials and tribulations and the adversities that they're going through and the unfairness and whatever the case may be. Even the successes, right, can bring stress. Exactly. Because before it was very like a... It was isolated. It was you and your family, the people that were directly around you at work or something like that. Your successes and your stresses were held close to you. But now it's like news. I mean, you're looking at different, like, you know, you're looking at different countries. You're looking at different people in your own country. You're even your neighbors. You're getting a, you know, bigger people into their life and what they're going through. And it's the stock market and it's politics and it's sports and it's public health and it's, you know, foreign affairs it's just like a massive stimuli, you know, increase. And I feel like the mind might not have built up the durability that quickly, you know, how fast we've got it. Right. That makes right. sense? Yeah, yeah. We're definitely overstimulated for sure. It's wild. And yeah, I like what you said about access to other people's stressors, you know, they're kind of, and even um, in, in an indirect way, like sometimes the achievements of people put stress on us Absolutely. To, to be, yeah, there's definitely. To the, to the f- most finite too, like. Like, you know, I had moments like I played college football. It was a blessing. But then I would like, you know, I was like, I, I'm, I went to college. It was awesome. Like, you know, I've, I should deem this as success. You know, I got to play college football for five years. And then I'll see someone who's like six feet tall, 225 pounds, about my size in the NFL. I'm like, that's weird. You know what I mean? Like, there's moments where I had it in my head, like, why, you know, like, why wasn't I that, why right. wasn't I that successful? You that know, and it kind of makes you second guess yourself. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Even though, side note, everyone in the NFL are, they're fucking lunatics, but you know, different stuff like that, no matter what the category, that shit can bring serious stress, especially with social media. Right. In your face. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Comparison definitely will, it can tear you apart. Hell Yeah. Sure eat you alive yeah you know what i mean so being being that you're you know you said that you're you know decent at isolation do you do those outside stresses have a big impact on you you seem like you have a very serious equilibrium thank you thank you i try it's it's hard for sure um but i think it's that you know that 
rest and recovery period that's really important for everybody like you you go out into the world and you deal with all of this and right. it's how you deal with it how you learn to manage with it and then how you come back to yourself come you know mm-hmm. are able to separate from it and right. come back to you now what's a what's a, what's a foundation of yours like if i were to like if i were to try to superficially judge you right in a non-malicious way which i'll do right now because i only know you superficially right are you more like spiritual like are you is it energy is it spiritual is it emotional cognitive like where you know where where do you find your your equilibrium because you you don't seem like uh you're getting grounded by fox news <laughs> you know what i'm saying yes yes you yeah, look I like think... you'd be from humble you look like a humble <laughs> chick <laughs> that's awesome i, I was like oh shit, she's a humble <laughs> girl <laughs> um Yeah, spirituality is huge for sure, but I think it does come down to energy for me. It really does. Just um, being in tune when you're when you're in tune, you you feel these energies. So just I feel like to your core, you you know you're able to make decisions based on that, based on how you feel. But then there's also this cognitive level that is really interesting. I think Um, the brain is amazing. I love the brain. it's a trip. It's a trip. It almost scares it almost scares the shit out of me. The brain is incredible. And I think it's really interesting because I just had this kind of like aha moment a couple months ago, but I think the brain and the mind, we get them we get them really confused or they get intertwined with each other. But the brain Okay, elaborate. Yeah. is the super complex organ that like, you know, we haven't quite discovered all the way. We're still we're still discovering, we're still researching. And then the mind is is this more like mental construct around the brain it's a part of the brain but the brain is a super super um just very uh there's just a lot of layers to the to the to the organ that we don't even know about right so it's really interesting to um yeah keep going you got it i like think I said, about like i said <laughs> that space and time sit there and fucking right. think right okay, i okay, got okay, nowhere okay. to go my son is asleep <laughs> <laughs> We talk about like the the ocean, you know, like um, so much of it is undiscovered cool. and we're 60, 70 percent water and our brain is an ocean that is not yet discovered and that we're, you know, we're only working with as much as we know about. So I think it's super interesting that um, Just, just where we're at. <laughs> where we're at is super interesting. Um, but psychedelics have really helped me with that, as far as um, just exploring that the spirituality and the energy and the and the you know cognitive breakthroughs. Because, thank you. <laughs> I did not change the water, so I hope That's it's fine. not too bitter. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's a it's a fucking fascinating piece of work, yo. Like truly wild. I'll get the juices flowing. I'll get us talking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Get um, me out of my head a little bit. <laughs> just so uh, you have something to drink? Yes, water would be great. Water. Let me get the water. Does Thank that you so much. only fill the beer? <laughs> <and tequila? coughs>
go straight to beer. Do you want to do a shot of tequila? Fuck yes. Okay, Absolutely. cool. Absolutely, yeah. I think that would be the correct answer. <laughs> I don't have glasses. You trying to do it old school? Let me show you how easy it is to podcast, yo. Okay. Ask, ask me how, like, let me ask you, how long do you think we've been podcasting? 15 minutes? Fucking 23 minutes already. Okay. Time flies when you're talking shit. And we haven't even got any weed in us either. Does the mic make you nervous? Uh, it did. Yeah. Absolutely. I, uh, I... No, I have meant, let me try to say this in like, I try to make sure to say this statement in the most non-pompous way because it can come out very pompous sometimes. Um, I, I do not really have a fear of public speaking. Like, um, you know, when I was younger, I was, I was very extrovert. And then, you know, when I was in college, I did, you know, I was, president of multiple clubs I was a college athlete worked a lot with kids and then my job at FedEx like I have I think like roughly a little over 400 employees right now sometimes I need to address all of them but I'll talk to at least a couple hundred people a day so speaking uh speaking doesn't really make me nervous speaking in the mic doesn't really make me nervous uh I fucking love it like I can sit and chop it up what does make me nervous sometimes though which I probably shouldn't say because it's the first time you've been here is like, I get nervous that the other party is going to be nervous. And then sometimes that makes me act nervous. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bad ripple effect. Um, yeah, you can definitely feel that from you. Like, the um, just the confidence that you have in yeah, like just be what ta- you're doing and, like, yeah, how you're speaking. And- but I also just be talking. Like, I mean, I'm not old. I'm 28, you know. But uh, it's just, like, fucking what you see is what you get you know what i mean so i just be talking now you know what i mean like it sucks i probably say a lot of dumb shit do a lot of dumb shit say a lot of bright shit say a lot of great shit but it's like you know like you know what it is i think uh i think what i've realized the most in this last year with all this political stuff is i'm super okay with changing my mind on a daily basis like as i become more educated on a topic or if i'm talking to somebody and they're able to give me a glimpse of walking in their shoes or see it from their perspective. Even if I don't agree with that perspective, I understand why they see it. And that can be for any topic. Like I'm just super down to be wrong and change my mind. Totally. You know what I mean? And that's being open-minded, you know, that's being open to the possibility of things being not what you see directly. You know, there's more to what you see. So I just be talking like there's shit on there's shit in my 20 episodes that I said early on that I had to change my mind because I had somebody come on and been like, Oh shit. Yeah. That's not a, that changes my mind about right. that. Thank you for telling right. me that. Yeah, I had no fucking idea. You know what I mean? So, uh, and I'm a fucking idiot. I'm just like such a, like a, like I'm a professional at public humiliation. Like it'd be, I would, like it's very tough for me to like walk by a karaoke bar and not go immediately sign up or like dance in any public establishment that's playing good music. Like anytime I shop at Walmart, I gotta, they gotta, <laughs> Banging playlist in Walmart. Sometimes I'll be acting a fool. 
That's funny. I was in Cheers. Cheers. I never go in Walmart, but I was in Walmart a couple of days ago, and I was like, in the music they were playing, I was yeah. like, okay, Walmart. <laughs> Those six heads, I fucking hate that company and what they do. And I'm a, uh, you good? Did you just get a new piercing on your lip? <laughs> yes. This is nice. Definitely a whole I thing. like it. Hasn't healed up. <laughs> that happens every time. Quite. <laughs> I'm going to take this shot real quick. <laughs> Yeah, I fucking hate Walmart, but it's like 48 diapers for $13.99. Come you can't on. Beat it. That's a monopoly, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't even know. Where, where are we at? Where'd we go off on tangent? You know what's crazy is that you can have your groceries delivered to your house now. Oh, yeah. That's fucking wild. You know, uh, you can have weed delivered to your house. <laughs> you're talking to someone who has taken that pill very roughly. Because I work at FedEx Ground. Everyone is at home. Everyone is. Let me see if I, let me see if I can layman's term it. Okay, so so FedEx Ground is, you see the trucks driving around and all that stuff mm-hmm. and delivering packages. So inside the warehouse, we have a restriction to a stop count. So let's say we work 10,000 packages, right? There's stops that are like Nike at the mall where there's 20 packages inside that one stop. They ordered 20, you know, or Target. You know, Target has 500 packages that are going to their store. So for 10,000 packages that we work, we might have like 5,000 stops that those drivers need to go out and do. But now everyone's at home and businesses are closed. So a vast majority of the stops are residentials. So now it's like 10,000 packages worked, 8,000 stops, 9,000 stops. Because they're just, everything's going to people's homes. So the logistics injury industry has just absolutely skyrocketed. Like fucking crazy because everyone's one scared to go out and two i think a lot of it is they got a taste of the convenience convenience exactly like fuck it's crazy exactly it is crazy like why do you gotta leave like what do you need to leave for right nothing like for real like let's try to think of one to get gas to go okay so the essentials right water we got water you can have it, yep. Food can be delivered to your home, mm-hmm. right? Uber Eats. You can work from home. Fire, you can work from home. Um, good. Good. We're really <laughs> hammering it out. All right, isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Furniture, you can get it delivered. TV. Appliances. Silverware. Cups. Anything. Anything. Pillowcase, sheets, couch. You don't need to go to the movie theaters anymore. I guess if there was like an emergency, you would you might have to leave. Oh, I guess you could call the ambulance too. Call the ambulance. Yeah. Motherfuckers will show up. You don't have to go to like urgent care or anything like that. They have teledoc. You can yeah. FaceTime people. You can do blood work online now. They you, send you the blood yeah. kit test. You can do blow. You can do blow just at your house. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. I was like, damn. Left turn. <laughs> Groceries. Heroin. Right at your door. Yeah, it's wild. It's really like anything you need. Dog food? Like, I don't know. Do you have any pets? Oh, you do. You have that pup. Dog, yes. Um, Chewy.com. Do you know Chewy.com? Yep. Fuck Chewy.com, but that's all you need. Right. You can. There's got to be something. What if you have like a dentist appointment? Ah, see, that's not mandatory. Motherfuckers do not be going to the dentist sometimes, <laughs> though. 
you know? Yeah. But okay, that's a good one. Wow, so we got one? Sick. And it's interesting because it's like that's your, you know, your job and your perspective, how that's impacted you. Mm-hmm. And with my job, I'm we rely. You. you have a you have a soft voice. Okay. Right? So gotta you gotta be make closer. sure to yeah. Get familiar, get friendly. Get friendly uh-huh. with the up and close. Close yeah, yeah. <laughs> Up and cl- yeah. Get personal. But my job, we rely on people to leave their homes to so come see us. What is your job? I work for a chiropractor. I'm a chiropractor oh, that's assistant. Right. Yes. Okay. So you're a chiropractor assistant. You don't be you be cracking shit? No. Not no. yet. I love to think that I could do it because I watch his technique and I, you know, I get adjusted weekly. Um, but I think it's the pressure that I'm a little fearful of. I don't know exactly how. Like if you don't have the strength behind it, can you do it wrong? Yes. Really? Sure. Yeah. Because I mean like no knock on you in any way, shape or form, senorita, but you're my poquito. Right. You are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you should see the doctor I work for. He's very, he's such a gentle human. You would never think that he. But he's got that heat. He can he, put some pressure on you. It's a very intentional touch. And I think that's really like a powerful part of it that a lot of people. And it's weird because my, my first chiropractic experience was with this specific doctor. And mm-hmm. he um, is just very, there's just this like innate intelligence that runs through all of us. And it's like more than just an adjustment as much as it is like a paradigm shift of understanding that. Right. And, um, grasping the fact that you know you can heal yourself yeah with just jesus what you make, have. Me, make me want to go there <laughs> it's a great place fucking falling in love <laughs> with this doctor before i even met him he's amazing <laughs> he's really cool that is that is a trip so do you think it's uh do you think it's like technique and practice and repetition or do you think you need that like vi- do you need like a solid like uh, baseline of anatomy to do it. Or oh, like for sure. That type he went, of yeah, he went to school for 12 years, so like he knows a lot. But isn't it chiropractic school? Yes. I always wonder like yes. how, like what differs from someone who's, you know, uh, like studying like the anatomy and the biology of our anatomy compared to like in the medical field right. compared to someone who's chiropractic which right. is still the medical field but right you know what i mean it, they're separate yeah they're separate for a reason i think because it focuses more on that like um just holistic approach of right um you know we were given all everything we need to be as healthy and like balanced as we can be like it's yeah. just about keeping that inner environment right there. yeah i had someone uh i used to go to the chiropractor when i was playing uh, high school football and helped out a ton but some of the things that he would say to me were crazy like he uh he might not have seen it there's this old movie called the core have you ever seen that Mm-mm. all right so let me see if i can do this <laughs> there's this old movie called the core where like pretty much something happens to the world oh, i'll tell you a story about that i probably in a second something happens to the world and the the um, inner core stops spinning Right, which means like complete disaster for the world. So they're gonna drill down and they're gonna go to the middle of the earth and they're gonna drop a couple nukes and get it to spin again. But while they're traveling, they find like an air pocket and it's just like condensed crystal all around it and it's just like an air pocket. And he was like uh he was like explaining this movie to me and I'm like a fifteen year old kid, I'm like, What the fuck is this guy talking about and he was like you know within like within cartilage you know with uh and within your body like there are points that become so stressed that they like calitize even even if it's not like 
bone fragment or cartilage or something that's actually very dense, like something that can hold air and pressure in because of how it's being manipulated, whether it's being compressed or decompressed or something like that. And he's like, when he realigns me, you release a lot of, he used air as the example. You like, you release those air pockets and you kind of loosen and let things kind of decompress and breathe again. And after he told me that, I almost feel like I was placeboing myself. Like when I would go in there and it would be a good shift, I was like, oh, my fucking back is breathing right now. You know what right, I mean? Right. And it was fucking magical. Right. You know, so like there's a lot of people who don't fuck with chiropractic, but like I couldn't, I don't even look into it because I was like, I've done it and that shit was amazing. I had like bad hips. I sat with a fat wallet in my pocket a lot and I was always like uneven in the car and the seat. My hips were out of line. Fat wallet not due to cash though unfortunately <laughs> not even close so how long have you been doing chiropractic um i've worked for this doctor specifically for um about eight months now but i worked for him before at a different practice oh you knew boo oh okay okay how long at the other practice about a year and a half okay so you're you're almost three years in yeah collectively. you're getting there two and a half two and a yeah. half years you like it love it and you keep doing it yeah in the in-between space, I um, was living on Kauai with my parents working for their food truck, their mm -hmm. restaurant business. And it's such a turnaround from like, that's that's all, I mean, I grew up doing restaurant yeah. work just because my parents were in it. So. Right, right. Food and beverage is booming. Not, oh, yeah. Not anymore, but. Not anymore. Not anymore. But, you know, I watched my mom raise two kids as a single parent doing that. So, like, I um, found really quickly that it was, a, you know, you could make a lot of money. Um but it was quick money. It wasn't like fulfilling money. So it's definitely a turnaround for me as far as pace goes and like presence goes, you know, working, um, working in the restaurant, like you're working four or five hour shifts and you're just yeah. trying to get in, make your money, get out, yeah, you yeah. know, like do, you know, you're kind of playing a role. You'd be fake sometimes. Yeah, that food yeah, beverage. for sure. How is everyone doing? Exactly. No, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that ranch right for you. I can't <laughs> believe I forgot the ranch. I didn't know this ranch was so <laughs> fucking important. Um, yeah. You definitely get fake. Oh, <laughs> for, for sure. sure. <laughs> I worked at like fine dine. Like my ghetto ass should never have been there. <laughs> but if I put a certain tie on, you can't see no tats or nothing like that. I can clean up my face and everything's good. You play the role. Yeah. And I'm from, I'm from the North Bay. Like this is fucked up and I don't mean it maliciously, but I, I can get white real quick, <laughs> real quick. Like I'm super talented in that, in that field. Cause I grew up around it. So, you know, I'll be pulling up there. Hi, how's everybody doing? Is that a Buzz Lightyear toy? I love that. Are you guys local? <laughs> you guys seem like you're local. Your vibe is really putting off a North Bay vibe. <laughs> tip, tip. So let me ask you something. How long have you been, uh, how long have you been, how long have you been boho grow? Like, how long have you been like this type of tempo? Um, you know what boho grow is? Mm -mm. So bo like uh, boho grow is something that was said a lot in Humboldt, right? Bohemian, holistic, obsessed with growth. Okay. Boho grow. Yeah. That's kind of what I inferred it right. along those lines. Um, um, I would say about almost two years now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is somewhat new territory. Enlight yeah. An enlightenment, if you would. Yes, no? Yeah. It's interesting because as you, as you enlighten, there's also this like deeper understanding of the other side of that and how enlightenment is not 
as light as you know you would think I feel like the deeper you get into the self and self-work it um you realize how how dark a lot of things are yeah and that can be hard right but I think that's part in understanding that bright side the duality of the two the yin and the yang Mm -hmm. but so did you have points where you were felt like you were getting enlightenment you were seeing a darker side of things and then that pushed you to kind of like this holistic mindset that you have to kind of steer clear of that darkness or as you're growing you know yeah you're seeing how dark some shit is yeah i think both because um it definitely took some some hard and um dark shit to to pull me into a space of oh my gosh i can control everything around me i can control my life like i have control over my life like mentally dark space mentally just life where at yeah i think um just coming into adulthood having like the tools that I had from my childhood and you know doing the best I think we all just do the best we can with what we have Mm -hmm. and so I was doing the best I I had or I could with what I had and um you just learn and you grow and you you learn more and you do better and you keep going and um you fall you fall a lot right I think it's how you get back up and like in the way yeah in the direction you go once you get there because it's one thing to have the tools, but to not use them is, is definitely. So it sounds like you see like a, you view, you view failure as opportunity quite a bit. Yes. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's all a win. Do you think that failure is? We're having some technical difficulties right now. Well, equipment, abu- equipment abuse, <laughs> equipment abuse, equipment abuse. Um, you motherfucker. <laughs> It's the wedding cake. <laughs> I know it. I know it. It's the wedding cake. So, um, but, you know, like, if you view failure as, as healthy, if you would. Yes. Right? Let me ask you, let me ask you a question about the, the world or our society, if you would. Okay. Do you believe that there is too heavy of a narrative of fairness and equality and, you know, um, when it comes to anything, like pretty much there shouldn't really be adversities. We should all be kind of on the same playing field. And, you know, there should be no, you know, unfairness and lying and cheating and discrimination and different things and oppression and things like that. Do you think that could ever turn into a negative? Something that's obviously morally correct. Do you think it could turn into a negative at all? That's a long winded question. <laughs> I'm going to need you to sum it up. Um, Do you think the world's getting a little too soft because we've come so far in being fair and treating people equal? Obviously, it's not there yet, but leaps and bounds from before. Yeah, I think that... I think that soft can be good, and it can be... be, um, a little debilitating at times. Right. I think that um, we need to be soft. We need to be um, empathetic. Yeah, empathetic and vulnerable and compassionate and lean into that. Um, but I think there's this more like just aggressive side of life. Maybe aggressive is not the right word, mm-hmm. but it just seems it just seems to me like when there's when there's how we get good 
comes from evil, right? And right, you know, like that's what it seems like is kind of the like a lot of the some of the brightest, most influential people I've ever met in my life, the lives they had were so like aggressively opposite of the lives that they're trying to instill on other people. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like sometimes it's like, you know, there's not a lot of people that I don't know who are very impactful to me that like weren't in unfair positions or weren't treated badly or went through some adversities or were much less fortunate than others or didn't have the tools or didn't have the advantages or the networking to to do what many others can do. You know what I mean? Some of those people are like, fuck, we need those people. Right? Right. Is that a crazy thought? No, I think it's it's very accurate. There's a, here, I'm going to do it. Hold on. I don't know. That's just been, that's just been something I've been thinking about the last year. I was raised very, very like blue collar, you know? So I kind of always had that, uh, you know, the little rougher mentality when it comes to those types of things. But I don't, I don't think it, the, the good needs to stop, but I, I don't know. I feel like there's some things that have been going on that I'm like, that just seems almost unrealistic. Like what? Um, hold on one second. Let me, there's something. Okay, ready? Yeah. Hard times create strong men. Well, this is just what it's written. We'll erase the gender, but I'll use it for the quote. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. So it almost seems like our society or culture is kind of stuck in like a hamster wheel. Where like we push so hard and work so hard to make good times and great times compared to times before that they lived through. And then as it goes through like a couple generations, the people have forgotten the hard times and they only know the good times. And that can make weak people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's almost this design to make people weak because it benefits. Why not? Right. Right. Get in the mic, fool. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get on you. Um, you know, it does. It does seem like that. It's easy. There, It's like her- herd mentality. You can move totally. people a lot better if they're weaker, you know? Right. Because uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think necessarily think that's what's happening. But I just like, you know, that came to me and I heard some people talking about that and it just made me think it's like man that is interesting like I said something that was very very controversial I was like I was like yeah you know being a black male like yes you you don't want any of the oppression you want to be treated fairly in the workplace and everything like that right um but it's like even if everything was equal right now you know like tomorrow there was no racism um but we stayed the same like the, we'll just say 1%, for example, the higher up, you know, the hierarchy. Uh, they're not used to that culture. You know, we're not we're not educated on the loopholes and the laws and the regulations and, and that lifestyle. It's a completely different lifestyle. So even if there is no racism in any way, shape, or form, if you're black, you still have a hard race to run because our culture is much different. Like, us as human beings are much different. Our upbringings are much different. Like generational knowledge is much different you know you still have to continue to tap into a completely different culture 
like what the fuck would either of us white and black have to relate to somebody who's like you know rich and famous and can go to or go to harvard and get an unbelievable education and be five hundred thousand dollars in debt but for some reason their credit is fantastic and they're worth more than half of the country i'm like right right i have no debt right um yeah i don't know i'm going off on tangent i don't know what i'm saying i probably should take one of these Do you think that there is this um, kind of push to cut the middle class out? Um, I, I, I think, if anything, I think they made the middle class bigger with COVID. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that... What do you mean? So, what I mean is I think that... Like, middle class are definitely business owners. But, like, upper middle are definitely business owners. You know, and like what happened in the country and embargo and foreign trade and then shutting down businesses and food and beverage and hotels and and flights and and you know, you know, import export produce, you know, livestock. All these things took a massive change and a lot of people lost a lot of fucking money and kind of have to go back to take two or three steps back, but a vast majority of the middle class, I think it's like 70% of the country is essential workers and is middle class. You know, they're working on things that have to happen. You know, our big storefronts are, you know, in logistics, drivers, whatever the case may be, right? So they're staying right at the middle class. You got the lower class, 39 people were on unemployment or probably those people that were on unemployment. So like the upper class took a huge hit. Middle class stayed pretty much the same. And during this economical crisis, the lower class, 39, people, 39 million people are on, are on unemployment, making a, making a $69,000 salary, $1,000 a week, pretty much. Right. Or $52,000 salary, I'm sorry. So I think the middle class grew. And if I was being, like, skeptical, I think that would be a great thing for people who are controlling things, absolutely. Right. Put them all in the same pool, make exactly. them all look exactly the same. They move much much easier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I yeah. feel like, you know what scares the shit? I shouldn't have smoked that weed. You know what scares the shit out of me? I feel like the people, I feel like people who really call the shots are a lot smarter than we think. And they do things right in front of us. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Totally. They put so much right in front of us. It's aggressive. Like someone's like, do you think the, the vaccine is a computer chip to track you? I'm like, nigga, they don't need to track us. He's like, what? I'm like, your phone is in your pocket, bruh, bruh. Like, you clock in and out of work every day, nigga. We know where you Think, are. Exactly. We know exactly where you are. Exactly. Like, you have your phone on you. Yeah. Where do you leave, where do you leave your phone? It doesn't leave me. Literally never. <laughs> Cyborg. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's just crazy. Yeah, my mom wanted me to get a flip phone with her for a couple months. She was like, let's just try it. Let's like just a burner like, phone? Yeah. Like, get rid of the iPhone. Like, only, you know. Did you do it? No. <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, yeah, that sounds really that cool. That would be great. That sounds great. I, can't, I literally can't do that. Then <laughs> I thought about it. I was like, it didn't happen. Crazy, right? Like, remember, but like, oh, you're a young stunner. You don't even know. Like, I was around when, like, MapQuest was popping and then we didn't even have map quests like we we had we found shit (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you feel me? Like we had to go, we had to go find shit. Pull up to the party, like, oh shit, I'm about to slide. Where's it at? It's on Alabama Street. Where the fuck is Alabama Street? <laughs> Off Autumn Road. Just just take K Street, take a right on Petaluma Boulevard, run right down to Kentucky, and then take a right on Shear, and then you'll be right at Alabama Drive, and it's the third house on the right. And you're like, for sure. You didn't know your, your way around. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I know, I know my, my hometown like the back of my fucking hand. Because we had to, like, literally, we, were, we would just go out to find shit. Just drive around neighborhoods we wouldn't didn't know, because MapQuest wasn't out. I've never heard of MapQuest. What? <laughs> Making me out here feeling old as fuck. <laughs> My dad bod just got a little bit bigger. <laughs> um, MapQuest was like you had to go on Google. You typed in MapQuest.com, and then you had to search the address, and it would drop like a turn by turn. So it'd be like 0.6 miles turn. So pretty much what you see on your screen that moves live action on yeah. maps was like written out. Was written out. Okay. So like <laughs> you literally be like, <laughs> oh, I'm about to die. I'm gonna think this is so much funnier. <laughs> we used to be like sitting in the front seat with your fucking feet on the shit. You know what I mean? Like in two miles, go right on Kirby. It's like. <laughs> Uh, we're on this road for like 30 miles. <laughs> and they're like, okay, take this exit and then turn right at 600 feet. Like, that's literally how it would go down. That's how we would find places. Isn't that fucking crazy? That is crazy. <sighs> that fucking. is crazy. So why do you think that you are not so attached to like, you know, I know you're attached to your phone, but like, you know, like the meat, like, you know, not everyone has your type of mindset, you know? Not everyone's trying to become more in touch with the energy around them, the people around them, you know, like, uh, and things like that. Why do you, how do you think you separated? Um, psychedelics helped me a lot with that. Okay. Yeah. I definitely learned a lot through that. And which one helped you the most? Um, psilocybin. Psilocybin. Who's that? Psilocybin. Psilocybin. Sounds like a fucking Jedi (laughs) master. That's exactly what it is. Darth Sidaisybin. Psilocybin is the um, active compound in mushrooms. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So. What other psychedelics have you done? I've done acid. Acid's been very enlightening as well. Yeah. Um, I've done DMT. You've done DMT? Yes. It's pretty wild. <laughs> it's. I would love to do ayahuasca. That would be. If all of my friends knew that I was sitting with you right now, like. <laughs> the amount of the amount of curiosity I have for psychedelics. Really? Have you done psychedelics? I can't. Really? Yeah. Did you uh, have a bad experience or you've no, never No, I'm just not ready. Okay. Yeah. My mind is dark as fuck. Okay. It's like it's getting much better. But I'm just like I'm very like I'll be doing it sober sometimes, you know, like I feel you. Oh fuck. Everyone has a like Cinderella story, but you know, my mind has had to has had some taxing images and moments in its life, and uh, I just feel like I don't know if I could like stop myself from like if I rabbit hole down the dark like I I've done I've done shrooms and humbled a couple times but it had to be like fucking beautiful day I was like on a one I was in the best shape I was in like I was in the building and I was feeling myself like I was <laughs> in a good place you know what I'm saying like. 
a very powerful psychedelic, I don't know if I could steer away from that rabbit hole, you know? Yeah. But one day, I yeah. will. I will for sure. I think I think fast. I think they're brilliant. Oh, they're amazing. Previous civilizations, so much unbelievable evidence. Hell yeah, there you go. <laughs> so much evidence has shown that like previous civilizations have been in touch with psychedelics as natural, normal, consistent medicine and in ceremonies and like practices correct. and just like they just used it to connect deeper to the right. earth and and there's a reason why they're so uh hard to figure out and i think that's because of it i think that's a big part of it i think they were in a different mindset like i think truly cognitively they were at a different power and just in touch more with different stuff like the astronomy that they would do no lights no, no natural or unnatural gases, like pure natural ozone, like directly taking all the energy in from the fucking stars and the space and everything. I think they were just trippy different, way right. different, you yeah. know? Like if you found our ruins right now, I'd be like, yeah, I literally know everything that you guys did. <laughs> Have you heard of the caveman theory? Talk to me. That like caveman evolved by just like eating magic mushrooms along the way like their brain just slowly expanded through the use of interesting yeah it's it's a it's an interesting theory but it makes sense because every time i do mushrooms and i um was microdosing for like a good four months and that was super impactful on my yeah. life but even just like the the big trips that i've had um i just learned so much each time yeah. i feel like i come out just like having a um, a whole new look on yeah. what I'm looking at. Yeah. <laughs> whole new how, lens. How do you go? How do you go about microdosing? Um, I keep forgetting that we're on the podcast, and I feel like we're just like having a conversation. <laughs> so I'm like forgetting to bring the mic with me. So how do you go about that? How how does that start? So I did some. So I had I was um, I was hostessing, and someone I worked with was like telling me about it and how calm it had made him and just all these things and I'd never heard about it before and I did my research and um microdosing mm -hmm. but microdosing what is it like microdosing any drug so or? microdosing yeah it can be any drug but um microdosing psilocybin in specific and I had never heard of microdosing before before this and right. so I was um how long ago was this about two years ago of course you didn't because you were 19 years old <laughs> just breaking right, out that's right, lit right. that's lit yeah yeah i had no no idea um and i just thought it was really cool and he gave me some he gave me two weeks worth so he had already um it had been ground up and like capsulated for a two-week supply and it's not enough to make you trip but it's enough to do um the neurolog or to have the neurological effect that it has um, which is just breaking through new neural pathways and creating new connections in the brain. Right. Um, do you believe, okay. So when you're doing that and you're not actually having the physical trip where you're seeing things like your cones and rods are picking stuff up, do you kind of get lost in your own self and your own photographic creative memory inside your mind? And you're s still seeing these hallucinations, but they're not physically taking place of the actual objects that you're looking at. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, there's just this, creative entunement that like is really hard to describe it's it's a feeling it's really a feeling and it's just um you just feel connected all the way around to everything around you and that's yeah. a very um freeing feeling yeah that's a dope thing to have right out the gates right out the break of 
you know, like high school and you're, you're right. really tapping into the real world. Right. That's lit. Right. Yeah, like I'm almost 29 and I do not, <laughs> do not have that. I do not have that. Yeah. It's crazy to think about. That's sure. lit. And you think it makes you, does it just only help? Like what categories of your life does, do those things help you? And like when you're microdosing and you're having these alignment, you're having these experiments or, or experiences, right. That you're talking about that are neurological that you can't tap into in a sober state. You know, where does, once you come out and you're back into your sober state, where do you see it improving your life the most? Just in our sober world, if you would. Yeah, I love that you said alignment because that's really what it is. There's just this, like, gravitation towards, like, center mm-hmm. and um, what that feels like to kind of step back from all of it. And um, it's kind of just that reminder of, what everything is on this like larger scale of life and right. like we are the spec on the spec you know like so do you think it just makes a that's your uh, bio on your instagram <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome Hell i love yeah. it i love it we're you know and um that post that you were talking about about the cells i just go back to that like we are a cell and a cell and a cell like right. we are an innate thing here to do exactly what we're supposed to do just like the cells in our body you know right. they come in they they manifest themselves they are an expression of life in our body right and they do what they're supposed to do and um yeah like who you know whatever you believe in well you know like i'm not questioning what anybody believes in and this is even what i believe but just what you said that made me think like how could you ever question if you're like we're not meant to be here we just happen to be here and you have millions and millions and millions of small microscopic brainless cells moving in such cohesiveness and such unity that your body performs at an excellent uh, at an excellent pace like that is fucking crazy like the human body is just an unbelievable like there's no form of communication that we can see you know what I mean? And they're micro with minimal and they're just everything's happening. Like we don't even know how women go into labor. Exactly. Exactly. Like anytime someone's like, I got it figured out. I'm like, I don't know if you got to figure it out. Why don't you just take a step back, buddy? Just just fucking chill out with that shit. Yeah, it's so true. It's- so do you think it makes you it makes you kinder? It makes you like it makes you appreciate life more. It makes me more aware. Aware of it makes me more aware of, um, obviously not how to pour water in your mouth. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <it's> not that <laughs> very clumsy. <laughs> it brings awareness to, I think, um, just how I'm feeling in relation to what's going on around me and knowing to trust that. And that's that energy. I just think, you know, when you're in the vortex of, um, center line I think that everything comes to you in a way that just you can respond solely based on that gut feeling you know solely based on that initial feeling yeah yeah there's this weird thing inside the human your moral compass Mm -hmm. you know like do you think we all have the same moral compass do you think we all know good and bad I think we were all born to um, but just with the things that people have done, um, I think that you can lose it. How? I'm not sure. Um, but I believe that you can lose it. Do you think nature versus nurture goes into that? 
Um, that is one of my favorite lines in Wedding Crashers, and I'm not exactly sure what they mean when they say nurture. Nurture as in cared for, like... Like nature? N- like nature being your biology, where you come from. Like primitive, almost, yes, if you would? Yes, okay, okay, yes, that makes yes, sense. Yes. Um, for, I think I lost it. What was the question? I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> um, I wanted to answer it so bad. <laughs> um, so sleep is like a, it's like eating out. I enjoy it when I get it. How many hours would you say you get? Now? Yeah. More than I ever have or more than I have in the last like t- 10 years. Um, I get like six hours of sleep a night. Okay, that's good. And that's like, but you know, for for like, yeah, I love that. But for a long time, for like seven years, it was like two to four. Wow. I can't imagine. Did yeah, you feel well. that? Did you feel like you were running on like low? Or were you, oh, yeah, did your was, body adapt? No, no, you never adapt. I was going to say, I don't think, yeah. Like you get used to it. I'm like, never. You get, it gets like less miserable. Oh, I just feel like that'd be so miserable. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you'd have breakdowns and. Right, right. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. It was lit. High stress job. Yeah. They consider... Um, Wait, are you from here? Reno? Yeah. I was born and raised here, yes. You're local blood, huh? Local blood. Oh, shit. Yeah. How much do you know about California? Not a lot. Not a lot. Okay, never mind. Because I was going to like, uh, I don't know. I just, for some reason, thought you were far, far west coast. No. Uh, where'd you go to high school? I went to Reed for my freshman and sophomore. Reed? Mm-hmm. They just think they're the cream of the crop, don't they? <laughs> I don't know. That's just what I hear. <laughs> I moved to Hawaii when my um, sophomore year, the nice. end of my sophomore year. Of high school? Yes. And so I graduated over there, did some community college over there, and then moved back. Nice. So how long were you in Hawaii? I was in Hawaii for two, two and a half years. Nice. And then I moved back this last summer to be with my parents for a little bit. Oh, so you were just in Hawaii? Mm-hmm. I was there over the summer. What uh, what island were you on? Kauai. Kauai? Nice. Then I got to live in Truckee for a while too, which was awesome. Yeah. Truckee's, Truckee's cool. You fuck with the snow? Um, I, I'm learning too. <laughs> right. I don't ski or snowboard, but I do. Have you ever? No, I've Neither never. Neither have I. Neither oh, I'm so mad at myself because I lived here and I'm like all my life and I'm like, um, yeah. Tahoe's, you know, people come from all over the world to ski and snowboard at Tahoe. Shit's crazy. Where's your hometown? Petaluma, Santa Rosa. Okay. You know that one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like 30 minutes north of San Francisco. Okay. North Bay, Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, area like that. Tell the people that Foldy Water is bad. <laughs> the Bay Area is like the vibes are super similar to Hawaii vibes. I feel like. Yeah. Probably humble too. Yeah, yeah. Cali's changed though. Cali ain't Cali ain't the Cali I grew up in. That's for damn sure. Still love it, but it's different now. It's very interesting. But yeah, I was very laid back, slow tempo. Right, right. You know, much love, Rastafari. Mm-hmm. Everyone's chilling. Mm-hmm. Smoke that shit. Yeah. Light that shit. Smoke that shit. <laughs> Pass that shit. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like that. Like I got, to, I was lucky enough to like grow up in the tail end of the hyphy movement. Like that shit was fucking crazy. You listen to any hyphy? Mm-mm. Like Mac Dre, 
Messy Marv, Keek the Sneak, yeah. Too Short, E-40, yeah. Hustler, J. Diggs, Mob Figures. You know any of those? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the hyphy movement. Okay. Like when that was kind of popping off. I got to see like the tail end of it. It was crazy. What year was that? Oh man, like I went to Super Hyphy nine. Uh, I went to Super Hyphy four through thirteen. Uh, fuck. Oh, oh six to oh eight, oh nine, two thousand ten. Like we was we was riding around. <laughs> we was getting it was hyphy as fuck. Listen to Hella Mac Dre, Andre Nicotina, Tech Nine, Strange Music. Listen, Nipsey Hustle, like that shit was crazy. The the music was wild in the Bay Area back in the day. But it had to it had to stop, cause like Thizzles were literally just killing people. Like everyone who's about like hyphy and popping Thizzles, like <laughs> you're probably gonna die. Right. That drug was crazy. When did you move to Reno? Whose fucking podcast is this? Is this my podcast or is this your podcast? Oh, really? That's interesting. When did you <laughs> I moved to Reno at the end of 2015. Okay. And then uh, I was here till 2018. Went back to California in 2018. Came back December 9, 2019. So I've been here a little over a year and a month. Or back. Do you like Reno? Yeah, I fuck with Reno. Tough. It's lit. Yeah. I mean, like, pre-COVID. <laughs> right, pre-COVID. Even, even during COVID, like, it's one of the better spots to be during COVID. Right. It's fucking open, I guess, if you look at it like that, or maybe more risque. But, yeah, I like it. Food and beverage is booming. There's the aces. There's always, like, parades. and. There's always a lot going on There's in always Reno. shit going on yeah. in Reno. Wing fest, really all that is. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, wine walks, beer, cr- or, like, bar crawls. They had everything. It was cool. People keep to themselves here. It's cheap. I like the cold. You do? Oh, yeah. I can fuck with the cold. Really? Oh, yeah. Like, ideal wear. Some Tim's, some jeans, like a long sleeve, a hoodie with a jacket over it, and a beanie. I'm living my best life. <laughs> what about you? What's your number one? What's your What's your best? fit you love the most that you would want to wear every day oh, summer for sure just summer just you talking like sundress and shit yeah. yeah oh yeah for sure you fucking hippie ass Bikini and i'm like tim's <laughs> jeans jacket beanie <laughs> a flowing light dress in the warm spring days <laughs> what were you about to say though <laughs> oh birkin birkenstocks in a in a Exactly, barefoot all the oh, way. Oh, barefoot all the way. Damn, you rock that barefoot. That's lit. My feet are tough. Really, they've got like an exterior layer that just like acts as a shoe. <laughs> really, you yeah. like you just walk through grass and shit. You don't give a fuck. Oh yeah. It's easy money. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Hell no, none of that. I lost all my slave genetics. Like I got not <laughs> soft feet. Are they sensitive? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be lucky to catch my socks off in the shower <laughs> be lucky no nah, I, I mean i guess that i mean they're durable because of like getting beaten up in sports so much but like 
the bottom of my feet like no like i ain't walking on no gravel or something like ask me to walk outside there? absolutely not really yeah like a, the hill with snow on it and shit like that or anything like that oh a piece of gravel oh nigga nope <laughs> i'm like oh my god we need to go back inside i need to get some sort of some sort of protection you would cringe if you walked around with me for a day. I I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't. I would. Hey, I tell you right now though, I'd try my hardest. <laughs> I would. Or I would do it, but I would not be happy. About it. <laughs> the electrons from the earth, when you're on like pure ground, like grass, right? To the barefoot, they they like charge the electrons in your body, mm-hmm. and it's this thing called grounding. So when you're walking barefoot, you're like charging yourself from the earth. Right, isn't that how a lot of people will try to rid themselves of jet lag? I've never heard that, but that would make sense mm-hmm. to like re, you know. Yeah, I've heard that. That like a lot of people touch on pure earth, like ground that's been untampered with, barefoot yeah. for a little while, and kind of like um, I don't remember what it's called, but there's there's you know there's something in your brain. It's like it's time for you to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you get that jet lag, like it goes by the hours that you operate on. So you, they said, like, if you get on the ground, you know, it, like, balances your body to your time zone, if you would, like, the energy of the earth, and you know where you're at and what time it is. And I was like, damn, you will never see me do that. <laughs> I would do, no, I would do it. I would do it. But you just would never have seen me. Never. Never. They'd be like, I wish I had a, I wish I had a brighter and, like, I wish I was more, I don't know, whatever it is, enlightened, if you would, as a, at a younger age and still now. But they'd be like, let's go barefoot on the grass. We'll get rid of the jet lag. I'm like, nigga, that Cinnabon is open for 20 more minutes. We need to get to that Cinnabon. Where were you at 21? Where the fuck was I at 21? Oh, shit. That's a great question. Um, I turned 21 in, if I'm 28 right now, seven years, seven years ago, would put us at what? Nine, 2014. Uh So 2014, when I turned 21, I was, oh my God, I can't believe I couldn't think of this. So I got a bouncer job before I turned 20, 21. I was a bouncer for like four or five months before I turned 21. Then I turned 21 up in Humboldt. I was playing college football. I was growing um, like a two-car garage with 10 lights. I was a package handler at FedEx. I was a bouncer, and I was president of two clubs, um, Student Athlete Advisory Committee at Humboldt and ADAP Alcohol, Drug, and Abuse Prevention, which was unbelievably ironic because I sold all the athletes their weed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but alcohol, drug abuse, and prevention for HSU athletes. I was president of that club as well. Um, that's what I was doing. I was going to college. Wow. Yeah. Wow. What was that experience like? The whole college. <laughs> it was fucking athlete. Like. Um. It was a. It was a. It was quite. It was a very interesting experience. Like, I never thought I was going to go to college. Was, that anyway. was my next question. Did you think that was going to be? No. I had to pay my buddy Khalil, who's still a friend of this day. He went to Yale University. And I had to pay him to take two classes during the summer. And he aced my Spanish class for show. But I didn't have the credits to go to college after my senior year. But I got offered a full-ride scholarship after my football season 
my senior year. So I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm super down to come. Um, real quick, I haven't really taken all the classes to get out of here. <laughs> I didn't really think I was going anywhere. Um, but no, I never thought I was. But it was it was a it was a trip, like but doing all this thing it was a very busy experience. Like a lot of people like I went to college, it was dope to play ball, but like, you know, like when it came to school, like I was able to balance all those things because I got C's. Like I wasn't there to be no brainiac. I wasn't there. I didn't give a fuck about no bachelor's degree. Um, I was like, cool, yeah, I could dip out of here. Like my home life is fucking treacherous at the time. Like my future is looking real grim. The people that I kick it with are looking like they're most of them are doing the things that I thought that, that they would be doing. Um, so I was like, fuck it, yeah, I'll go play ball. That's crazy. Um, right. So I just dipped. I got to be on my own in a safe place where. I didn't have to pay no rent. I didn't have to work two jobs or nothing like that. So then when I started to do that stuff, 2014 was like the tail end of college. Um, I was just hustling. It was dope as fuck. Like I went to a place where this is kind of sick, but oh, it's actually sounding more sick as I'm about to say it. But like you could be whoever you wanted to be, you know, so like. I was a college athlete and I was real in tune with like the kids and the youth and stuff like that. And then the public eye, like I was absolutely loved for sure. Um, on the weekends I was fucking selling alcohol and weed out of my dorms and we were partying. And by the time it was 2014, I was pushing like five to 10 packs across the country to Tennessee or Florida or Syracuse, making hella money, not giving a fuck about school, only getting C's. Like I was able to take all my units. I would just get C's. I'm like, damn, a D plus will make you pass. So I would study, like, if I got a study guide with 50 questions on it, I'd study the shit out of, like, every other, every third question. And then i fucking leave the library. And then I was able to do my other stuff. I was able to balance. I was able to be a package handler. I was able to, you know, make money, have fun, party, play ball, and be involved in the community at the same time. So I was like, fuck it. And I was sleeping, like, two hours a night. It's lit. Yeah. It was a fun experience. That sounds like a very fun experience. I miss college, you know? Like, it was such a small town, too. You just knew everybody. Right. Everybody. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Lit. You would fucking love it up in Humble. Oh. So, what are some things that you would talk about on your podcast if you had one right now? Okay, I literally, before I came, I was making a list of like, because I'm manifesting this. Get that list out. <laughs> what are you doing? Do you want me to? Fuck yeah. <laughs> so I told you I just bought a laptop and that's been amazing because I really want to write a book. And so this is like the next step uh-huh. in just um, having a more like, because I have, I've been journaling since I was 14. So I have like way too many journals and so to have it all in one space now is going to be so nice yeah for when i do go to write it so this list explain to me what what i what what you're about to go off of right now i'm about to go off of is this what you would do yeah go ahead go ahead okay let's see pull it up damn she's scrolling for those who can't see this (laughs) she's fucking scrolling she got notes it's like I'm mad at your boyfriend text right there. <laughs> Hella long. Um, shot? Shot. Yeah? Okay, here we go. Uh, 
I was worried it didn't say it, but it did. Hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. Let's take the shot before we go okay. into this, because I feel like this might be a deep dive, because I'm going to be fully invested. <laughs> this could be your show right now. I just, uh, I think it's, is it weird that I was like, man, Bumble is a dope-ass way to possibly get, like, fun and different get different guests on the podcast and just pop in here and have a podcast i was so stoked when i saw that (laughs) most women don't trust that it's like me trying to have guests on the podcast and i completely understand that and i think anyone who ever has like walked into my home they're like jesus fucking christ like did i just walk into daddy daycare like (laughs) even if you did want to good luck nigga is that a dancing elmo Nice TV, but is that a dancing baby shark? Um, That's funny. <laughs> wow. Wow. Hey, you know what? Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Can you fucking spit that water I so generously gave you back onto my equipment? Because I don't know if you knew this brand of mic stand, but this one actually grows organically. You have to water it. If you don't water it, then... <laughs> <laughs> oh shit oh my god <laughs> can we talk about how hard it's been for you to drink that water tonight so hard girl you really have been having a hard time drinking that water did you already take this? Do I dare give you another bottle of liquid? Please. I mean, I'm not getting my security deposit back on this carpet anyway, so I'm straight. Maybe maybe I'll go first. <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh, <laughs> Whew. But yeah, I thought it'd be a I thought it'd be a cool thing to do. You know, just sit like, I miss going to bars and talking to total strangers. I know. I miss that. Like, I'm a type of person, I'll literally walk up to a human being at a bar, I'll sit right next to him, be like, how you doing? You don't need a cool person. And here we go. Yeah. And we're off to the... <laughs> <laughs> I just can't be serious after you just spit everywhere. <laughs> For sure, taking a shot. That fucking <laughs> shit is hilarious. <laughs> Just zero regard. How was the podcast? Like, it was wet. Very wet. I'm super wet. Bridge from brain to mouth is something that we don't um, condition as much as we should. So, like, what do you mean by that? Like, we overthink or. We no, don't I, express every thought. I definitely think that we think. I think that I don't think you could shut the mind off. But I think when I say like building brain to or bridge from brain to mouth is like um, I speak to people a lot, like out loud, forming the words, putting them in the right order and 
wording the things that you're trying to say like correctly because I guarantee you there's been times where you're explaining something that you're passionate about to somebody and maybe it's the first time you've explained it to them or maybe the first time that you've really like went in depth on it and you kind of stumble in a way like man I feel like I didn't I could have explained that better right or I could have said more about that or hindsight 2020 I wish I would have said this and I try to speak about the things that I'm passionate about and that I like a lot out loud. So then like when you're talking to people and we get on a topic that me and you have never talked about, but like I fucking talked about it for show, you can compile your thoughts better out loud. Right. And then it's a better understanding for the other party. Yeah, definitely. I feel like that should be the strategy for yeah, podcasting. You, right. And you gain so much from that. You really do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, uh, you know, you pick the brain, you have the, I feel like one thing that the people that I watch do really well is they're able to have the same topic of conversation, but have a different conversation every time. You know, like I've heard Joe Rogan talk about aliens on 150 episodes. Every single one I'm like, even if he's repeating some of the stuff I know he's about to say. Right. It's still intriguing because he's doing it in a way that's going to pull a different uh, reaction out of his guest. Right. You know, he does. He's super talented at that. You said you were an artist, but I think there's definitely an art to that, to what you're doing. Saying I was not an artist. Yeah. Far from it. But but I. I can write I in all caps so. though. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you very much. But exactly what you were saying, he does is like you know pulling it out. Like that's right. what that's an an artist on a canvas does. You know, right. it pulls out from color and from creation and i think you're doing that just on a on a different canvas you know a canvas with words you know your paintbrush is words and i think that's really powerful and you're also you know you learn how to read people and how to kind of anticipate what they're going to say and and what they what they need pulled out versus you know yeah you learn how to kind of bait them exactly exactly and i love that like i fucking love that that's feeling a, that's a you weird hook, thing yeah, it's like, a connection it's yeah. a connection you feel it and you're like whoa and you can feel that person you just yeah is it selfish i'm like if i like sometimes if i'm like i fucking love when i know like this person's enjoying having this conversation as much as i am like this person is enjoying talking right, right now right. <laughs> like okay okay cool it's a powerful feeling let's talk it up <laughs> yeah. yeah but that's what you gotta do on the podcast right right you think you could do it i think you do it are you doing it to me right now? You know, <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, bitch. <laughs> I've only ever had the conversations like with myself. So, right. um, yeah, it's a whole new experience to have it with. with so what you. are some conversations that you had? Did we go over the list? <laughs> no. Oh, got to get out of the list, puppy. <laughs> okay. Now, is this for tonight or is this just your podcast? So I, this was a couple hours before I came and I was already, you know, had already been, had this manifesting list going on of, of my podcast and what it was going to look like. And, um, so I, I wrote down the ideas. Possible topics include toxic relationships. Hold on, time out. Did you literally write like that? Possible topics <laughs> include? <laughs> what is yeah. this fucking English teacher Barbie over here? Okay. My notes. <laughs> Topics go as the following. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm done. Go ahead. Start at the beginning. Okay. T- 
toxic relationships. No, 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 no. The very beginning. <laughs> Possible topics include. Copy. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> toxic relationships, universal divinity, ego and persona, social media and social constructs, ego death, psychedelics, homeopathic Chinese medicine, toxin tra- toxins, traumas, and triggers, inner environment, reflective of outer environment, nature's ver- nature versus nurture, good versus bad, dogmas, energy of money, energy of life, sleep, death. What an ending. Sweet fuck. <laughs> Damn, girl, you were on a roll. Like, those are some killer topics. <laughs> Sleep. Death. Oh my yeah, God. Thank God you got off the notepad. <laughs> Started to get a little dark there on the tail end of that notepad, dude. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Okay, hold on. Go back to the list. Go back to the start at the top. Start at the top and let's slowly go down. Let's hit some topics. Jesus Christ. This podcast is a train wreck. <laughs> like, no one's going to know you're laughing because you're swinging that thing around like a fucking ice cream drumstick that you're not scared is going to break. Like, God <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> absolute comedy this is how I know this podcast could never go viral you know what I'm saying never like if I got an assistant oh god like a Jamie <laughs> a young Jamie young Jamie I do. I would love one of those, but you got to find someone who I wouldn't want Jamie as the way that Joe Rogan does it. I would want someone who uh, brings more input to the. Yeah. I think Joe, I think Joe Rogan does it correctly because he's so fucking talented at what he does with his guests that, and, and I feel like him and Jamie have a great relationship where Jamie knows when Joe's trying to bring him in. Yeah, he's very like and intuitive he nev- that way. Yeah, he never steps over the boundary. Exactly. He's literally like spoke, uh, don't speak unless spoken to, pretty much. And then uh, that's and it, not how you would want yours. No, no, would I would want. want I involved. would want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would want someone to kick ideas off of, and I would right. want someone. I would want it to where if we didn't have a guest, I could rock with my young Jamie. You know, like that's where I would want to be. You know, like. I could literally sit, I mean, you should know by now we're a minute, an hour and 40 in. Like, I love to talk. (laughs) So. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, pull your list back out. My list. Yeah, pull your list back out. Let's go down the list. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I literally saw where your mind went. It's out. It's on the table. Sometimes you gotta put it on the table, son. Let him see it. Okay, so it's on the table. It's on the table. All right, give me the, what are the first couple? What What are some of them? The first one is toxic relationships. So I got a lot to say about those. Oh, shit. That's, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well. The next one is universal divinity. You want to go? You want to go toxic relationships? No. Okay, cool. Me <laughs> Thank God. What was the next one? 
universal divinity, which has so many different ways you can go with that. So I don't. Okay, next one. Kind of a broad one. Ego and persona. Ego and persona. Which we kind of touched on. What did we touch on? Just how, well, maybe not. We kind of touched on the next one, which is social media and social concepts around social media. Right. Which I think plays into the ego and persona that you get to build and play. But really, isn't it all just a play? Like, we're just in the play of life. Do you think we have an ego problem? I think that our ego was, um, is there to protect us, you know? And it's really interesting because, um, your ego develops between concept between the time of conception and three years old. That's like when your ego is being built. Yeah. So your Cooper's ego. ego. Yes. His ego is your being confidence. Built. What you're putting out. Exactly. What you, well, your ego is designed to protect who you think you are. So there's this whole, like, um, just internalizing of who you are, what you need and how to get it mm-hmm. all happening. Hmm. What an interesting statement. Three years old. Three years old is when it's forming. So that's why I'm saying it's like so. A if you're in your if you're in your home life, mm-hmm. and your home life is very inconsistent and disturbed, if you would, right? Okay. Broken. Good word. Then there's a good chance that you will form like an ego that's. You know what I mean? Like you said, it's protective, right? So yeah, that's a good. That's a that's a interest. I've never thought about it that way. Right. Um, as far as like, because um, I personally think like if you were to take my lifestyle when I was three, mm-hmm. which do you remember a lot from when you were? I don't remember, no, but I know where my life right. was at right. at three now that I'm older and know where my parents were at and and I'm at a point where I understand where they were at when I was three bold it's an interesting thing to you know what i mean like i i don't i'm not saying that i don't believe it's true in any way shape or form but like how exactly do you pinpoint that right right and maybe it's just the structure the foundation you know and then as we as we go through life we get more layers to that i think Mm -hmm. and um i don't have you heard of ego death Mm -mm. like it's a term used in psychedelics a lot for like you have a death of ego like you realize who i am is not who i am and right. i think that's um just an an interesting thing because i think that we're taught from nature and nurture you know that we who we are right. and uh we get that we get that programmed pretty young yeah yeah with or without intention you know like right i feel like I could understand, like, if there was the confidence to, you know, explore other things maybe at, at adolescence, but I, f- I feel like an, an ego is, an ego seems superficial to me. An ego seems like something that a human being is able to turn on, whether it's true or it is not true, right? It, like you said, it's the persona that you put out, um, you know, and that can be built over some things that are very foreign. Like you could be in a broken home in a very high pressured place. You might have some serious mental health issues, but on the outside, you're an absolute star athlete and everybody loves you in the town and everybody's cheering you on and support you. And you're working with everybody and you're the cream of the crop and everyone you're, you know, the golden boy, right? Um, 
I feel like your ego can build through that to protect this alter ego from what is reality. And then that ego will build off that. Like, I feel like it comes from, I feel like it possibly could come from foreign experiences later as you grow. You know what I mean? Because I feel like ego can be like a force field. Definitely. To reality. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. You know, like, I almost feel like ego is Instagram. Like Instagram, like everyone's Instagram is them traveling and them happy and then doing great things. But, you know, every single person is going through trials and tribulations and every single person is hurting at a point or some aspect of their life. Um, you know, no matter what level you are economically, you know, whether you got a million followers or 200 followers. Um, but like people put up this big ego. Everything's good. We're happy and everything's great. And obviously you want to put you should put positivity out into the world. Absolutely. Um, but sometimes it can get like, I don't know, it almost seems like, you know, ego can be like a different, I don't know, an alter ego. If you right. An alter ego. Yeah, your ego. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I think it goes back to that idea that it, um, you know, it's designed to protect, to protect. So it wants to, you know, when you are being egotistical or acting out of the ego, I think right. a lot of times it's... Um, out of fear because you're trying to protect something that you're scared of. Now, do you think that could be a positive? Yes, I do. I do. I do because yeah, I do. I think that goes into a bigger question of like, (laughs) we're going, we're going deep. Come on. It must go into the bigger picture because when, because when I, when I say something like that, then that means that you can't generalize this topic in any way, shape, or form. That almost every single situation is circumstantial when it comes to ego and persona. And now it becomes a very tough topic to pinpoint. That's why I love conversations like this. Like, you know, if, if your ego can be a saving grace, you know, maybe even though you were kind of being that fake alter ego, it gave you this fictitious confidence in that moment to strive to chase to risk the failure to get to where you want to go and then you achieve it and the achievement is is an actual it's a it's a product of who you really are not this fake alter ego and you land in it perfectly like it can be a blessing yeah you know what i mean absolutely it's it can be very motivating and it can pull you closer to that and i think once you feel um who you are outside of um who you're trying to be right it's 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 a freeing thing and i think that's that's the bigger question is um but if you don't get out right absolutely ego can be damaging mm-hmm. yeah it can be i was gonna look up the word for word definition of ego ego Hold on, before you do it, you take a guess. You take a guess. No, hold on. Before you do it, don't do it. Oh, okay. Um, Go, no, Webster's, like Webster's. What would be like your, like, literary... Okay, okay, let me think about this. Ego. I've looked this up so many times. I... Like, what is it, What what is, what is you tell, not what you've looked up, like, what does you tell you that the definition of ego would be if you had to put it in Webster type terms? Okay, I think the, um, I 
I think that our ego is a, a part of the the mind. It's a mechanism, a, co- a processing and protecting mechanism that we are conditioned into. One more time. Give it to me one more time. Don't do it no, yet. Don't do it yet. No. Hold on. Let me go. Let me okay, go too. Let go. me go yeah, too. Just tell me. Wait, you do yours one more time. What was yours again? Well, I feel like I'm overcomplicating it. It's, Don't overcomplicate it. Just what, what, do you, what do you feel like ego? If you could hit it. Webster's, Webster's type shit. Our ego is how we... Is how we I think our ego is what we what we tap into when we tap out of ourselves. Because okay. I don't think it's us. I think our ego is this extension of us that we that we grasp onto out of fear. And right. I think when we tap into love and when we tap into those high vibrations of, you know, being connected and being fulfilled and being in that equilibrium, I think that that's a whole different thing than tapping into the ego where we're reacting and acting out of fear and insecurity and uncertainty and traumas, you know, reactions based on things that we've been conditioned to react to. Yeah. What do you think? That was an intense (laughs) Webster's. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Webster's. Okay. Ready? Um, Ego I would say the perception Okay, so if I could do Webster's Dictionary term of ego I would say The perception A human will portray To attempt to guarantee the belief in status Okay Okay, I have a question though perception to portray yeah Yeah. like yeah like because perception is reality in the human mind right so but how can you perceive what someone else portrays or how can you perceive what you portray wait hold on hold on (laughs) yeah because i'm because it's two different parties right right i'm trying to give like i'm giving out this perception i am right um but can you give out perception or can you? Because perception is reality. So if I make it look like it, it's reality right. to okay. you. Perception okay. is the reality in every beholder. Absolutely. Right? So even if you think like when you're working at a job and you think someone's a lazy bum, but really behind the scenes, they're fucking killing it and they're doing things that you don't see. But when you're on the clock, he's a lazy fuck. Perception That's is reality. Perception. Right. Perception is reality. Yes, right? absolutely. So that moment in time, right? I give out this perception. Right. So I have 24 hours in the day, but for these four hours, I'm going to give you this picture of me. Right. And that's what you will perceive is true. Like that's 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 the reality this, of that's the reality of this human being. And then right. it gives you status. Right. If this person, the only time that you see him is flashing money and driving fancy cars and this that, and the other. He is rich. He is wealthy. He is successful. So the short gap of time that I give you this people into someone else's stresses, if you would. Right. Um that that's all you have to perceive the truth right and i'm giving you that perception and then it becomes a reality to you and it protects and guarantees my status right not where i'm actually at but my status think about how many people in fame do it all the time Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? They think they're larger than life, but they're really not. Right. And I think that's a, that's what I would say evil. But it could be used as good as bad for good and bad. Like, there are people out there who are, like MLK, I love to use MLK. Like, MLK had a lot of flaws. He made a lot of mistakes. He lot of, did, a, did a lot of things that were unsuccessful. And there's a lot of powerful and influential people who have very normal human-like errors within their everyday life and within their being. But they're these huge pinnacle beacons of success and they're very powerful at moving for the right progressive reasons. So they give us our perception of perfection. Like Obama, like I'm reading his book right now. You know what I mean? Like his perception was he's calm, he's cool, he's collect, he's empathetic, he's well-spoken, he's docile, he's non-combative. That was his perception. Whenever we saw him on the podium, whenever we saw him on the TV, he was nails at that shit but what's really going on behind closed doors we only get a sneak peek i feel like that's almost like uh where the fuck am i going but is that what his book goes into is that more behind the scenes um his is much more uh his from what i from what i've read right now it's much more factual than it is opinionated and where he and where you know like he was at he's, he's more giving structure to what was going on Okay. And the realities of it. And then he would chime in with, you know, being a black male doing it. Right. You know? But I'm only like quarter of the way through. But, uh, but yeah, so I feel like it could be good anyway. Okay, what's next on the list? Did I ramble your ear off enough on that? Or you, want, you got something for that? I don't think we ever looked up ego. Let's look it up. Oh, yeah. What's the real one? Wow. It's only five words. God damn. <laughs> A person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. Mm. Which is interesting because I feel like we're in the age of like self-love. Like, you know, I feel like that's, there's a lot about that right now. Which makes me wonder what's, what's self-importance and self-love. Like, what's, what's the difference there? Like how you value yourself versus like how you treat yourself. Yeah, self-importance is a very strange thing. Like, right. I feel like self-importance should only imply to... What was the second one you just said? Self-importance and what? Self... Love. Love? So you should only be important to your own love, right? So self-importance should only matter when you're speaking about self-love. Like, what are we saying? How how important I am to, to who? Right. To you. Hopefully, to, you. to yeah. hopefully, right? To right. hopefully it would right. be... Yeah. But to who? Right? That doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. Very strange. So yeah. obviously we've we've begun as fictitious. Because does it really matter? I mean, it depends on, I guess, what you're chasing. Yeah. Right? If you're looking for something that can only be achieved... Um, through something else. Through someone thinking a certain way about you. Mm-hmm. Then it could matter. Right. All right, but self-love. You should be the most important in that, right? Absolutely. It's in the title, self-love. Mm-hmm. I feel like those... I feel like if one exists... I feel like if self-importance exists, the other one has to exist. As a parent, how has your self-importance and like self-love changed? Oh my God. As a parent, I'm fucking terrified. I feel like my self-importance has gone down the drain. One of my biggest fears is, I mean, even though he only has a light hue to him, which can be a blessing in many ways, you know, he's, I got a little colored kid. It's going to grow up in this fucking world. And there's an unbelievable amount of different stimuli that are going to come his way. 
to influence him, to educate him, to change him, to better him, to worsen him. And I'm terrified that my, my influence won't overpower the many other outlets. So like my self-importance is in my mind taking a massive hit. Because as he gets older, it's not just me. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I understand that I'm very important to him, and I will be as his dad, and I need to make sure to do the right thing so it stays that way. Because even if it's not the best advice in the world, having one stream of, of influence or one mainstream or multiple, you know, like mom, dad, like family is the mainstream of influence, that's probably best for you. But, yeah, that shit, uh, that shit scares the shit out of me when it comes to self-importance having a kid especially right now right makes me want to cut makes me want to just get on some simplistic shit right Big facts buy a piece of property and just go off the grid did <laughs> yeah for real yeah shit is wild like i don't let it influence me a lot and i don't react to it a lot but like man the amount of it that i've you endure in any place that you go to the unfairness, the oppression, the lies, the deceit, the greed. It's just like, you know, it's like we should just cut. You know, like I don't really let it get to me, but I don't want my son to be raised in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I had to be fucking star athlete, smiles on the front page, all good and dandy the entire time to make sure that I got what I got. Just fake, right? Right. It's fake as fuck. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's why we have an ego, right? Yeah. Because if people care about self-importance, then they'll do the things like I just said that I would do and just kind of be deceitful to the grand population. It's a rabbit hole right there. Like the world's a crazy place. Grace? Yeah. What's on your mind? <laughs> I feel like this is an absolute roller coaster. Like, we'll go like into some deep shit and then we'll be laughing our asses off and deep shit and laughing our asses off. That's life, though. That's just life. Is that. I'm going to call this podcast the Medusa. <laughs> six, fl- six Flags Medusa. All right, so before... Damn, girl, you should have just snapped it through. <laughs> I'm no, I wasn't like a joke. I was, I was like, fuck it, might as well. I have a... I, I think I have... I could probably find some more weed. <laughs> you know? Look, I shouldn't... <laughs> you shouldn't have what? I shouldn't have hit that. <laughs> <laughs> Immediate regret on the podcast. Well, uh, I love what you're doing. I love what you're saying, and I I really appreciate uh, you coming on, and I appreciate you trusting me to to pop down here and and uh, be a part of Quarter Life Crisis as it grows. And love what you had to say, and I hope you come on again. So, is there anything that you want to plug or any social media? Or you're just cruising. Just cruising. Just cruising. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I uh, I enjoyed picking your brain. Um, definitely a a repeat guest. So, thank you, and thank, thank you, everybody. You.